Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. And a very good morning to you. The dogs are talking here on Dog Speed this morning in association with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Check out grnz.co.nz. Good show this morning. We're going to be talking with uh, Georgie Milne, who uh, helped to establish uh, Mayhounds, Greyhound Rehoming, and also the Greyhound Collective uh, Facebook group as well. And of course, it is Adopt a Greyhound Month. Then, in the back half of the show, Taylor Thornton, who's currently working uh, at the Lisa Cole Kennels, well, he's about to take up a great opportunity. In Melbourne, we'll talk to Taylor in the back half of the show about that. We'll also talk to Taylor about some of the coal team that are in at Cambridge on Thursday for one of the best meetings of the year. Waikato Greyhound Racing Club, three heats of the Mike Stent Decorators New Zealand Derby, uh, three heats of the Angus Wright Memorial Sprint, and two heats of the Lois Henley Memorial Trophy. No heats for the South Waikato Cup or for the Theresa McDonald Distance, but of course those finals will be run along with the Derby, the Angus Wright and the Lois Henley on Thursday week, the 14th of April. And Andy McCook, as I welcome you in this morning, that is one of the best Greyhound meetings of the year. Yeah, it certainly is, Rosso. Good morning to you. Good morning to everybody tuning in for today's show. It is a stellar meeting, and this year potentially one of the better derbies we've seen. Gee, we've got some really, really talented young male greyhounds racing around uh, down here in Canada in the uh, Canterbury region. Really, really strong, and there's a big contingent making its way up to uh, Cambridge to go and have a crack at it. Of course, headed by Opawa superstar Rosso, and the best thing about it, the majority of them New Zealand bred greyhounds as well. So. Gee, we've come a long way in the last few years in terms of breeding here in New Zealand, and I think the quality of the the greyhounds running around in this year's Derby are just uh, are just an accolade to that. Yes, certainly, Andy, and I'll, I'd quite like to uh, just uh, take or get you to take us through the the greyhounds out of uh, Canterbury in these heats, because there's one or two that haven't actually had a great deal of racing, and that um, you know casual observers might not know all that well, but um, they're, uh, they're pretty special dogs. There's three heats, as I say, for the Mike Stent Decorators New Zealand Derby. The race is two, three, and four on Thursday afternoon. Now, the first race on the card's 12-16, and the, the first Derby heat's going to be at 12-33. Andy, dog number one in the first heat is Opawa Conan. He's six from six. He's trained by Bruce Dan there at Rakaia. Terrific to see Bruce with some very good greyhounds, and we know He's had some excellent greyhounds across about 30 years. And the other great thing about a power Conan, other than being unbeaten, Andy, he's by American Warrior. 
He is, and, and he's one of the very powerful Opawa Racing contingent making its way up uh, to have a crack at this derby. They've got a, a number of very, very fast greyhounds going through it. And, and as you say, the, the interesting thing with Conan, he's not by a Fernando Bale or a Barcia Bale or, a, you know, one of the, the sort of the more recognised sires. He's by the relatively new sire in American Warrior who's based here in New Zealand as well. So that just makes things uh, even better for the New Zealand breeding scene. He's a serious animal, Opawa Conan. As you mentioned, he's unbeaten through six starts and he's already broken the 32nd barrier at Addington Raceway as well, which is really hard to do for any greyhound, let alone a greyhound doing it at uh, start four it was for, for Conan. He's very good. He can do it at both ends of his races. Got enough early speed to be able to hold up. Obviously, Rosso, this is his toughest test to date, but he showed us two starts ago that he's got a whole lot of heart about him as well. He got checked into the first corner. He was standing the leader up, uh, an Adobe kid, probably five or six, seven lengths into the back straight, and he really knuckled down to the task, got after uh, Adobe kid and was able to run over top of them. No time on the board, as you would expect, but it showed us that he doesn't have to be in front to win Conan. Got a heart, got speed, toughest test, but I don't think he'll be far away. Andy Opawa wanes in this heat. He's drawn box six. He was the runner-up in the Auckland Cup to uh, Opawa Superstar and um, clearly uh, another talented youngster who should be right in this. Should be, and another greyhound uh, having his first look at Cambridge. He's had the benefit of racing at both Manawatu uh, and down at Ascot Park. That's something Conan hasn't had. He's only ever seen Addington Raceway, so probably a tougher test for Conan. First look at a, a one-turn track, first look at a big trip away from home as well, which can be a daunting task for a young greyhound. But Wayne's got a little bit more experience on his side. He's won 12 from 30 so far. Another greyhound who's very good. He's been able to break the 30-second barrier uh, around Addicted Raceway on more than one occasion as well. Has uh, has Opawa Wayne and his one-turn form, albeit not brilliant, isn't awful. He's been able to run into the money down at Ascot Park and behind some pretty handy dogs. And if you go back a wee way in the form line, Rosso, he's actually second down at Invercargill and behind a greyhound called Claus and Rambo, who's a race rival in this heat of the derby. So read into that what you will. But he's a greyhound who's really progressed over the last sort of four or five weeks to become a really handy dog and I think we said it last week or the week before if we weren't talking Opawa superstar then we'd be talking this dog as the uh, the star youngster in the country yeah, indeed yes you mentioned Claus and Rambo in there for uh, Matt Roberts drawn up in box four in heat number one and then his father's dog uh, Craig's got uh, Naya Bale out in box number eight uh, an import that's won seven of 12 fast times at Addington what did you make of his miss on Thursday at Addington leading into this derby heat it was a good field he was in and he he didn't get the start clean things not exactly ideal for him and he had tell bingo Bale as uh, kennel mate rolling along on the lure I think he got to the back in about a 1750 odd which is just unbelievably ridiculous to be fair. Clock to 29.65 which is just flying and once Naya wasn't in front he was never going to get back into the race. Again he's had the benefit of a trip to Invercargill has to be said that was pretty plain but his first look at a one turn track here in New Zealand he's got one track, uh, one turn track form in Australia which will aid him as well. He's a pretty serious animal Rosso. Don't mind him from the wide draw. Gives him time if he's not the fastest in stride to be able to loop around them and the best version of Naya Bale I think goes pretty close to winning this. Well Andy that was just heat one. Uh, heat number two and just the Canterbury dogs. We're going to have to 
get through this like Master Portos, and let's talk about him first. He's got box two for uh, for Jack Hart there uh, in heat number two, and uh, a very fast dog, as we know, defeated Apawa Wayne last start at Ascot Park was very good. He's got very good pickup uh, once he hits the ground. Master Porthos, of course, he won a, a heat of the railway at Auckland in an 1807, which is uh, absolutely ridiculous as well. And the fact that he can then carry that on over the 457 metres, albeit not super strong through the line. But, Rosso, when you break their hearts early, it's very easy to then go on and win. And the derby can be won by greyhounds like this. Uh, we saw, of course, uh, Cole's Trojan Horse do it a, a, a not long ago where he just broke them out in front. And, and that was the winning of the race. And Master to Porthos, a greyhound who's able to do that as well. Oh, indeed. And uh, in there too, Opawa Goat uh, for uh, Team Fahey, a greyhound I saw, uh, win very nicely at Manawatu in February. He's got some real speed, Opawa Goat. He's a fast greyhound. He's another greyhound who's not overly strong through the line, but again, he does it early, tries to break them out in front, and that's something he's capable of doing. He's... A greyhound who was beaten his last start. Again, he was in behind Tal Bingo Bale, who's a very, very fast animal. But before that, he put two to get, uh, together two very nice wins. And Rosso, you got to call one of those. It was at Manawatu Raceway. Again, giving him one track turn, uh, one turn track experience, which is key for this. He's also been down to Invercargill and been able to win down there, albeit in slow time. But he's still got the job done. So the aid of experience on a one turn track will aid him. And the fact that he was able to win in a handy time, three back at Manawatu, will stand him in good stead as well well. Indeed, the goat coming in fresh there. And uh, Bruce Dan has another good dog, a power nutter, a brother to superstar. What a litter that is. Uh, a power nuts won his last two, um, obviously down in the grade. So uh, a step up for him. It's a major step up. He does have speed. This will be Nut's first start for Bruce. He had uh, he started his career with uh, with Robin, and then he had a brief stint at the Fahey team. Didn't last long. I think he's well named, and anyone that knows Dave knows that any dog who uh, gets a bit excitable all over the top, Dave's not a big fan of those type of animals. So he was sent back to Robin's. He won those two in a row, and uh, Bruce Dan picked him up after that. So you would expect going to the small team that Bruce Dan has compared to uh, that of Robin, who's a whole lot bigger, that it might be a good thing for Nutt, and he's got speed. Takes a couple of strides to get into top gear. He's not always the fastest into stride, and he does like the rail. So a few things pointing to Nutt being some sort of chance, albeit a massive leap in grade. And Matt Roberts has claws and cobra in box number one in that particular heat, and that's a dog who is a class five dog, and he's won nine, but... Andy, we're nearly out of time. We have to look at the uh, the final heat, uh, the third heat of the Mike Stent Decorators New Zealand Derby. We've got a power superstar off the inside, and probably the most other intriguing runner of the Southerners is Diego Gem stepping to the 457 for Jack Hart. As if Superstar wasn't hard enough to beat before these fields have come out, then they go and give him box one as well. Everyone else might as well just stay at home, right? He's... Uh well, I mean, he's going to be pre-post favourite, right? He's he's going to be close to $2, you would think. He's just almost unbeatable at the moment. He's beginning clean, putting himself in the race. And once he does that, well, it's tea and toast for the rest of them. 20 from 26. He's only been beaten six times. Five of those have resulted in placings as well. He's very good, obviously. Potentially one of the best New Zealand bred greyhounds we've ever seen here in the country. If he can carry uh, the run of form he's on uh, in. He's in on, sorry. Uh, gets room as well. Opal Kirk not fast into stride. Rambling Andre not fast 
Johnson has tried not even now, potentially an issue for him, but he should just be too good, you would think. Diego Gem, interesting. Three starts back from his spell, Rosso, and it was a pretty decent spell. Two very fast wins at Eddington. He broke uh, 17 seconds on two occasions. Fresh up, he ran a, a 16.96, and last start, 16.81. Run home in 10.95. That's unheard of. I can only remember one or two greyhounds breaking the 11-second barrier, so it's, it's absolutely unheard of, meaning the step to 4.57 might be all right. And two starts ago, he ventured down to win Vicargill over the 390 metres. Things didn't go right for him there, but he was very good through the line, suggesting that he's some sort of chance of, at the very least, setting them up in front and trying to break them. So then outside of Superstar and Diego Jim, Matt Roberts has got Go Johnny Go and Daniel Roberts in charge of Carlos Jewell at the moment. So a very strong Canterbury contingent for this derby, Andy. And all I can suggest to people is if they're working on Thursday, make sure they time their lunch uh, from half past 12 to half past one. That might be the go. I would say so. It's uh, going to be well worth tuning in for uh, here, Rosso. And as you say, we've only touched on the uh, on the, the southern contingent. I wanted to get your thoughts around Hint of Mint, Rosso, a greyhound who's been very good since crossing the Tasman. Well, he is unbeaten and he adds that interest, doesn't he? And um, I know that he had gone to Cambridge and trialled you know, in a moderate time prior to that run-up there in Class 3, but he found the front there and he ran 25 and 67. Now, uh, speaking to uh, his uh, owner, Vaughan Clark, or actually, texting to be fair um he said look you know uh, he expects that Dave Fahey can sort of drop in with a power superstar and run 25 and 30 but Hint of Mint at least has had that look he's run some very quick 410 meter times at Manawa 2 and he draws box 8 Andy which I think is ideal for him I also think he's drawn probably the right heat I mean clearly Master Portos and uh, a power goat there's some very good greyhounds in there I'm not not knocking them at all but I think if you were going to choose a heat for Hint of Mint and a draw, this would probably be it. So I think of the, the C, CD runners, we're kind of aware of what the others are capable of um, and are good too, not even Al and Allegro Mars. If they get the right runs, Big Time Grenade probably going to be battling a bit, but, you know, it's a, it's a greyhound race. We shall see. But Hint of Mint, I think, is the, uh, the, the CD, uh, not mystery dog, uh, Andy, but um, probably the one with the most intrigue. Yeah, he certainly does add a little bit of spice to it, doesn't he, with that unbeaten streak next to his name, which is always good. And that's the CD covered off. Before we go, we better talk thrilling risk, I guess. Rosso, he's uh, for the, the powerful Karen Walsh team, and we know what he's been able to do around Cambridge Raceway. We haven't seen him since the 6th of March. He comes in fresh. That was in behind Opawa Superstar in the Auckland Cup, which shows that he's got a touch of brilliance about him, not fast and stride, but with the right run, he can make this final, and they will know he is there. Oh, yeah, he's got a fast time uh, to his credit around there or more than one and, and drawn close in is the key to him, you would think, Andy, on what we've seen so far. But we know what the kennel's capable of. We know what the dog's capable of. Gets the right draw here. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating first heat that uh, at 12.33. That's a look at the Mike Stent Decorators New Zealand Derby here on Dog Speed. Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook with you shortly. We'll be joined by Georgie Milner. We love our dogs, they love to race. Head to lovegreyhounds.org.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. You're listening to Dog Speed on SENZ. And it is 8.18 here on Dog Speed. We're on a wee bit earlier today, normally 11 o'clock, but 8 o'clock today because the live commentary of the Women's World Cup Cricket Final is taking place here on SENZ later course between Australia and England but dog speed for now we've had a bit of 
dog talking and a bit of Andy talking and a wee bit of me talking. So it's time to introduce somebody brand new and it's uh, Georgie Milne. And uh, Georgie is somebody who has been very actively involved in both the racing side of the Greyhound Racing and indeed the rehoming side. And it is Adopter Greyhound Month, April. Last week, you might recall, uh, we caught up with Lucy Sanford-Reed from Greyhounds as Pets. But Georgie uh, established Mayhounds Greyhound Rehoming, and we welcome her to the show this morning. Good morning to you, Georgie. Uh, morning, Mark. How are you? Very well. Look, I hope you and the kids um, were able to take advantage of the extra hours of sleep with daylight saving. Yes, it was wonderful. Not, no problem there at all. It's great. <laughs> I made our 8 o'clock start just that wee bit easier. And um, look, just um, tell us about where you're at um, at the moment, because obviously you established Mayhounds, but with uh, a very busy family life, you're sort of on the periphery at the moment? Yes, I am. I um, have been involved with Mayhounds for many years, and um, it's a project I'm obviously extremely proud of. Um, it's now working um, very well, and with another couple of uh, people who have taken that on um, who work full-time um, jobs and devote the rest of their time to their dogs and have their houses full of um, greyhounds, foster dogs. Um, and I'm very proud of proud of Mayhounds and proud of the people who have now taken it over. Um, at the moment, I, um, I also have the Greyhound Collective, which I started and have a team of admin with that group. And basically my role at the moment as far as greyhounds are concerned, as I'm an owner. And I um, also love to be involved with dogs that I know I've either um, had the pleasure of being involved in with, um, with their racing careers or um, more predominantly with rehoming them. Um, I like to make sure that everyone has, um, the new owners have as much support as they need with anything from skin conditions to dietary requirements. So um, I take an active role doing that and I really enjoy it and it's something I'd never want to stop doing. Georgie, what was yeah. the um, inspiration, the urge to sort of uh, set up uh, Mayhounds? Um, well, I started, I had my third child and she was um, still quite young. Um, but as a hobby, I would, um, my time out, so called from being a mum, I would take um, Sundays off and I would go and um, handle at the races um, for the crates and for the ferals and for whoever else needed a hand on the busy days. And um, just starting to work with the hounds, obviously it's, it's it's impossible not to fall in love with them and their characters and um, I found that uh, there seemed to be a bit of a, um, a need for some extra support for, with the trainers in regards to um, off-lifting off dogs when they were finished with their, you know, if their racing careers had come to a bit of a, a halt with an injury or um, they just weren't performing, they needed a bit of extra support with that at the time. So um, I, had, I didn't have a big property, I didn't live on a farm um, I wish I could take them all home and I needed to come up, I just wanted to come up sort of in a sort of bit of an entrepreneurial way of coming up to how I could help these dogs and um, these trainers. So uh, it was literally just sort of a discussion I had in the back of a van with a dog that was needing, a, needing to find a home pretty quickly. Um, and I just sort of made some phone calls and um, just, did a, just did a bit of PR work and I managed to find... Um, some amazing people that were involved in the industry a few years prior who could actually take a couple of dogs and put them into their homes um, to foster them. And um, we kind of grew from there. So um, I sort of got more people to foster in their homes. And I'm just talking about um, 
just people who you know with with families and, and jobs and they just um either had hounds of their own or were always interested in having a hound or had some uh dog knowledge so um from there it just grew and grew and grew and we just found it was a um a wonderful way to um to get the dogs to transition from racing into a home was to give them that time in a home with a family uh, learn about stairs slippery floors um you know cars noises vacuum cleaners and all these little things that they need to um get used to before um they they were completely comfortable in a home and it, it worked really well georgie um how closely did you work with uh, greyhound racing new zealand in uh, establishing mayhounds and then the ongoing support of it yep right um so first of all, it was just sort of um, off our own bat. We um, we fed the dogs ourselves, um, me and a couple of other ladies um, fed the dogs ourselves. Um, we got, um, the, the trainers were, were great. Where, where they could and where they can, they would, um, we got them to, the deal was they had to sort of dissex their dogs. So it was all money they were prepared to pay because they love their dogs, um, just to get them into a home and, and get them. Um, because the waiting list back then, it's so much better now, but um, because, there's so much involvement, obviously, um, a complete overhaul with Greyhound Racing New Zealand, and it's been um, a fabulous, fabulous new system now that everybody knows about called Great Mates, where every single dog that comes off the track is taken care of. But back in these days, we just made it work between us, and um, we started to get donations um, from people, from owners um, within the industry. And um, so this this kind of snowballed, and um, it was, didn't take long for um, Greyhound Racing to recognise us and appreciate what we were doing. Um, we also had um, the trainers backing us up and saying, um, considering what we were, we did, you know we didn't have a kennel base, but we were doing a great job and thought we deserved to have you know some, some help there. And they were um, most obliging, so that came in quite quickly. I would say within the first year of establishing the hounds um, within the North and the South Island, so um, they came on board and were able to support us and wanted to know more about what we did, and we made sure that we were able to supply them with all um, our financials and our details and um, they were most gracious and um, happy to support us. It was wonderful. Georgie, um, you mentioned the Greyhound Collective earlier. Uh, it's a uh, community group for, for, for Greyhound people and I think it might have been going for about eight years or so now on, on, on Facebook. Yes. Can you just uh, tell us about that and how people can potentially dip into that as well? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, so the Greyhound Collective, I started that when um, I got my first um, Greyhound and I wanted to, um, I wanted there to be a place that wasn't sort of under um, any, any, any banner or any, any particular, you know, rehoming group or anything. It was just like an open forum for um, new, because I was at that point a new dog owner, more specifically a Greyhound owner. And I wanted a place to connect with other owners and more importantly um, the industry and I thought that there, there needed to be a place where that could happen. So I started um, the Greyhound Collective and it, it was wonderful. People that I had met through um, other you know, agency groups had started to join and we've all become this amazing family. I, there, there are people on there that we've, you know, we've shared our journeys because um, you know, I lost my first town last year and there are so many of us, which I call you know, sort of us original folk who all started there and we've all gone through this transition of growing with our dogs, uh, sharing all these amazing experiences we've had with them and then losing them. And um, we've all been so supportive. You know, people send flowers all around the, around the country and um, presents and, and, and the support is, I couldn't, you know, when losing my hound, um, it just really, really, you know, everyone wrapped their arms around me um, metaphorically and it was just it was just really wonderful so 
it's, it's been a really good place um, for new owners, especially like with Mayhounds and everything, we'll say, hey, you know, um, there's this great group called the Greyhound Collective if you wanted to join um, when you get your dog. Um, it's a place that people ask about pet insurance so, you know, you can get a good idea about what people use and what people recommend for the breed specific. Um, you know, uh, health advice, uh, dietary requirements, um, you know, your, your dog gets... Um, a cut or something, you know, people want to <laughs> try and save money with vet bills. So it's just, there's so much knowledge there and um, um, there's a vast lot of knowledge and people who can can help the new owners. But also um, the trainers and owners of the dogs can connect with um, the dogs that they race um, and that they know and be able to see what they're doing and they really appreciate having that space to do that. So yeah, it's great. It works really well. Georgie, pleasure to have you on the show this morning. It's uh, I understand one of your dogs as well that you were able to take home and, uh, and rehome yourself. He actually became a little bit famous off the track as well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, that's definitely our claim to fame, and I've told the story probably a thousand times, and um, I'm never too shameless to keep posting the photos when the memories come up on Facebook. Um, my dog, Lucky Lucky Luck, who's called Roman, he... Um, he came to me as a two-year-old and uh, was terrible on the track. Um, Tracy Craig always told me, you know, he, he tried his absolute best, um, but just didn't seem to have the knack. But, however, he did um, turn out to be a wonderful rock star. So, um, he was, yeah, he was just two. I'd only had him about three months. And um, there was, um, I think it was through uh, Greyhounds as Pets had put up a post saying that a, a production company were looking a New Zealand production company we were looking for a um, you know, very um, striking black greyhound to feature in a music video clip for um, the rock band she had. And um, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, just being biased, I've got the most amazing dog. He may not be fast, but he's beautiful. Um, you know, 37 kilos, um, just solid black and gorgeous. So I submitted his photos and anyway, um, he got chosen to, to be in the video clip and it's... Um, it was it was an amazing time. We um, it was it was set. It was meant to be very moody and dark, and it was going to be sort of all done in slow motion, so a thousand frames per second. And um, they wanted a series of people doing things in slow motion, and then um, some animals doing things in slow motion. So they wanted the greyhound to run from point A to point B across the front of Cecil's Beach, and we went. Um, there, I went, took, um, made Ben Craig come with us. Well, well, really, his daughters made him come with me um, to try and get this dog to run. And um, so we took the, the drag lure with us, and he was very helpful. But with it being in June, with it being in um, winter, it was it was raining and it was really hard. And the drag lure kept they kept trying to get their shot because they had to drive with the camera on the back of a Range Rover. And, sorry, Land Rover, and drive beside the dog to get the right positioning um, to get the sequence. And um, the Lord has got heavier and heavier with the wet sand. And so um, they end up having to put me on the back of the Land Rover and get the dog, basically get the dog to chase the, the, the moving vehicle, which um, gave him the willies a bit, um, especially with his old trainer there. And I'm thinking, we're going back and forth on this, this beach. We must have done it four times. And he must be thinking, oh God, what the hell is this woman doing to this poor dog? But he did it well, and after the fourth shot, I said, I'm sorry, that's it. He has to stop now. And um, they said, we've got the most amazing footage. It's incredible. So that became part of the song. Um, it has the opening sequence. It's just phenomenal. Never get sick of watching it. 
I took the raw footage that I was given and I posted it on um, YouTube as well. So Greyhound fans get to watch him run extremely slow, but um, it's absolutely delightful to watch. So it was an absolute buzz to be involved in that. And um, I'm so incredibly proud still am to this day. Georgie, it's absolutely gorgeous uh, footage. It, it really is. Uh, it's uh, just a pleasure to, to, to watch that. Um, look, before we let you go, obviously it's Adopt a Greyhound Month, and um, just wondering if you're aware of, of anything that's happening in and around uh, Mayhounds and in and around your area across the month. I know that, um, well, with COVID putting a bit of a dampener on things, people are obviously being quite careful. Um, as far as Mayhounds are concerned, they're um, making sure that in regards to social media that there's been lots of presents, um, lots, of, lots of the dogs are being introduced and um, they've also done uh, staff profiles to introduce the team so people can get to know who they're dealing with and what kind of lives these people have who are involved with Greyhounds. I'm not sure about walks at this stage. Um, I know that everybody likes to get together um, around Auckland and also around um, New Zealand, really, um, at all times. So I'm not actually, I haven't seen anything posted on the Greyhound Collective, but I'm sure, um, I know that Jenny Bartlett does a fantastic walk around um, the Cambridge racetrack um, for, for owners, old and new. It's a great little group that do that, and that's every Friday morning. So um, that's all I, I know at the moment. Now that's awesome, uh, Georgie. And and if people you know want to know more about Mayhounds, obviously there's a, a decent presence online there about how they might get a, a greyhound through the Mayhounds organisation. Absolutely, um, they can go to the Mayhounds Facebook page. Um, also, there is um, like I said, we've talked about the Greyhound Collective. The people are welcome to join. They don't have to have a greyhound. They just need to obviously you know want to know about the dog or be involved. And they can um, join the, join the group, and then basically just w um, have a good look at what the content is, and see how people interact with their dogs, and what's going on with greyhounds. It's a, it's a great informative place to find that, or just reach out to Mayhounds and um, get the information they need. Very friendly team. Um, yeah, it's it's easy to do, and everyone's very welcoming. It's a great community. Georgie Milne, just a pleasure to have you on this morning, and uh, thanks for the catch up. It was really nice to talk to you both. Thank you for having me. That is uh, Georgie Milne, who established uh, Mayhounds Greyhound Rehoming, also the Greyhound Collective Facebook page. They're very easy to find online, both of those organisations. You're with Dog Speed. It's 8.33. Very shortly, we're going to talk to a young man going places. We love our dogs. They love to race. Head to lovegreyhounds.org.nz for everything New Zealand greyhounds. You're listening to Dog Speed on SENZ. And if you want to uh, check out some of the coolest, cutest greyhound videos you've ever seen, lovegreyhounds.org.nz is a good place for you to go. Andy McCook, as we bring you back in here for dog speed, uh, just uh, trying to get in touch with Taylor Thornton. He's working on a Sunday, of course, uh, works for... Uh, the Premiership uh, training winner, or winning trainers, Lisa Cole. And um, hopefully you'll be able to put down the collar and lead and uh, join us in a moment or two. But Andy, the story is that uh, Taylor, after a year at the Lisa Cole Kennels, is about to move across to Melbourne, uh, settle in a place called Seymour, and uh, work for a man named Braden Finn. Many people will be familiar with the, uh, the Finn name, in greyhound racing and they're uh, setting up a kennels there at Seymour 
and about 30 minutes out from, or 40 minutes out from uh, Metropolitan Melbourne. We've got Taylor now. Taylor Thornton, very good morning uh, to you. Good morning. Just good morning, Good morning. Yeah. Look, um, good to have you on. And uh, obviously you're busy this morning. You're just uh, out there uh, doing a bit around the place. Yeah, let a few dogs out this morning and making sure they're okay to go. Oh uh, uh, yeah, so um basically um I've got opportunities to go over to Melbourne and train some dogs with uh, Braden Finn and Seymour, like you said. And um I've been in the industry for about ten years, so I thought it'd be a good time to uh have a crack myself and um give it a go. We kind of associate you, Taylor, with um with the Karen Walsh kennels because obviously you spent uh, a good period of time there getting a decent grounding. Yeah, it was there for um I had my first stint for about five years and my second stint for about three years and um, I learned so much at Karen's and stuff that the way, so the professionalism of that kennel is, is, is phenomenal and the way they train their dogs is, is to the minute and they um, they have taught me a lot in my time at Karen's. You uh, had a gap in between those two stints. What were you doing at that point? I went to Australia. So um, the, the first stint, uh, Braden Finn actually come over with a dog called Sweet It Is and when he came over, we developed a friendship. And he said to me when he was leaving, he said, if you ever want a job in Australia, let me know. So I just sort of rung him up the blue one day and said, is that job still going? He goes, oh, yeah, I got you a job here at Jamie Ennis's if you want it. So I went over there and worked there for a year and a half and um, sort of got my uh, foot in the Australian sort of uh, scene and learnt about what they kind of do over there. And Taylor, what was the, the reason behind the decision to move down to, to Palmerston North and join the coal kennels? Well, Brendan Cole is a very, very good trainer and I've always sort of wanted to see how he does it because many times I'd be watching the races and as you know, um, Rosso, they always win plenty of races and I thought, what does this Brendan do? And I've learned it's a lot of hard work and dedication to the dogs and I've been here a year and I've learned so much about um, the aspects of a bigger kennel and you know how, how Brendan sort of does it and it's sort of taught me a lot to you know develop my, my training career a bit more further. So when did the um, opportunity come up with, with Braden for this, uh, what's effectively a new venture over there? Well, he rang me, he's been ringing me for about months and saying, oh, when are you going to come over, when are you going to come over? And I said, oh, when COVID's finished, we might, we might see how we go and sort of thing and everything else. And um, he's just sort of moving out of South Australia back to Victoria. He's originally from Victoria. And um, he basically just wants to have a, have a go as I do and see if we can sort of go against the big boys in Victoria because we're under no illusion it's very hard over there but we're willing to give it a go and see what we can do. Taylor you yourself I know have um, you know some very big dreams some very big goals to aim for in greyhound racing. I mean it might sound silly but I'd, I'd love to win a Melbourne Cup as everyone else would. I mean there's probably 50 or 60 trainers in Victoria alone have had that dream but you've got to be in it to win it so yeah I would love to win a Melbourne Cup and um even if I won one group race in Australia, it'd be a thrill. Taylor, Andy McCookie, mate, pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, just give us a, a little bit of a chat through what your team's going to look like over there. How many are you going to be training, and, uh, and 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 how you're going to go about it? Well, so we've got 28 dogs, and um, what we're going to sort of do is try and buy a couple of good ones, which is you know, it's hard to buy a good one, but we will try. And obviously, we're going to try and get a couple of pups and pre-trainers, and see if see if we can get a couple of good ones out of that. But I think it's going to be more of the selective basis at the start with. We might have 28 kennels, but we might not fill the 28 kennels up with 28 dogs. At the time, we might have 10 or 15. Or We don't sort of want to get a dog for the sake of getting a dog. We want to be selective and get the right dog, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, for sure. It's uh, sort of paramount anywhere, but especially over there, having a, a dog with ability to chase that uh, that big cash that's on offer. Is it the sort of the money side of things and the, the stake money you can race for over there that's the main attraction as opposed to, to having a crack here in New Zealand? Yeah, that's that's probably a, a big attraction. And um, I think you've got a little bit more as far as there's so many more racetracks, especially in Victoria. So you can sort of, if your dog is limited, you can sort of chase, chase a race. Whereas in New Zealand... Um, it is a lot harder because the, the, all the grading is sort of the top the top dogs race the top dogs week in and week out week out and you can't really avoid that. Chat us through a little bit about what you think your training style will look like. Obviously, you've touched on working for a few different people and I'm picking they all do things slightly different. Uh, is there one trainer in particular that you'll you'll take more of of how they do it, or is it a case of picking and choosing between everybody you've been lucky enough to work for? Yeah, well I, well, I have. You're right. I have been lucky enough to work with some very good trainers, and every one of those trainers have trained the dogs completely differently. So um, I guess it's a bit of almost trial and error because one thing works with this dog and one thing might not work with that dog, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I guess it's about just sort of feeling my way through and say, right, what do we do here? And um, I've got a fair idea of what kind of my day-to-day will be looking like, but it's sort of you've got to treat the dogs individual and everything else. So you might try a sprinter differently or stay differently or this dog might want more work or that dog might want less work. So it's sort of about seeing the dog and working out what they need. And uh, Taylor, I understand this is all going to happen uh, very shortly too. Um, I'll be flying out of uh, New Zealand next, not this Tuesday, the following Tuesday. So it's sort of a, um, a quick turnaround. I'll be, my last day here is the Monday week and then I'll be on the plane on Tuesday um, landing in uh, South Australia. We've got some dogs to transport over. So we'll do that, and then we'll sort of get into it. Taylor, do you see any opportunity for perhaps uh, you and Braden being able to house you know, New Zealand dogs coming over, seeking riches in Victoria or elsewhere in, in Australia in the future? Oh, definitely. I won't forget that I'm a Kiwi boy, and, and I always, when I was in Australia the first time, there was a lot of, a lot of perception about they'll send the dog to Australia and they'll just win every race. Well, I want to sort of, in a couple of years, I want to show them that we can we can actually produce a good dog in New Zealand and we can go over there and take take their prize money. I mean, Karen did it with Frat a couple of years ago and she had also had Quest and Sprat at the time and they didn't disgrace themselves for the city. In fact, they won their fair share of city races. So um, I would love to I would love to win a big race with with a uh, New Zealand bred dog or you know just to show them we can actually uh, we can go with them. Tata, we're just going to take another quick break here on uh, Dog Speed on SENZ. But if you'd like to hang on for a few minutes, we'll chat to you uh, for another couple of minutes on the other side. We love our dogs. They love to race. Head to lovegreyhounds.org.nz for everything New Zealand greyhounds. You're listening to Dog Speed on SENZ. We're in the home straight here. It's a short home straight too this morning here on Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook and Taylor Thornton who's kindly hung on to uh, continue his chat with us. Taylor, moving across to Victoria on Tuesday week currently with the Elisa Cole Kennels. And Taylor, before we uh, talk anything sort of uh, immediate as in some of the greyhounds that are heading up to Cambridge on Thursday, I actually want to go back to the story on how you got into greyhound racing because I, I think it's an interesting one in that you don't come from a racing family. No, it's not. Um, so basically, I was studying at MIT at this time. I was studying electrical engineering. And I remember it was a Wednesday, and I was running a bit late to, uh, to MIT. And I used to bike to MIT, and I sort of went past the dog track. And it happened to be trials, because I used to do a couple of minutes on the dog track. And um, I just sort of watched one, and it caught my eye. And I thought, geez, they're going quite fast, these dogs. 
And I sort of hang around for a bit, and I seen a, a lady, Glenis Farrell, said, oh, do you need a hand? And she goes, oh, yeah, catch this fog for me, would you? And I was like, um, how, do I, how do I do that? And she sort of explained what I do. And I did that, and I sort of never looked back. And um, basically, I used to go to trials religiously every Wednesday, and then I got introduced to Glenn Quirk, who was, at the time, um, Karen, Karen, working for Karen Walsh. And basically, one thing led to another, and, and they offered me to come and help them out in the holidays. And basically, I just got offered a job at Karen's I was there for five years sort of thing. Haven't looked back since, uh, Taylor, and that's uh, that, that's a brilliant story and a great introduction to Greyhounds. Obviously, as Rosso said, we've got a, a big Thursday of racing in front of us. Now you're with the Cole team, and I think when you look through the fields, the one who stands out most that we need to get your thoughts on is uh, Allegro Ginny, who we haven't seen since the end of last year. Nine from 12 unbeaten on the track. Where's she at, and what are you expecting from her come Thursday? Oh, she just had a little injury setback. Um, it was pretty much a precautionary a, a setback. You could have probably um, had a couple of starts with her, but these, these dogs are too good to risk. Um, so Brennan basically laid off her for a little bit. And um, she, she's, she's going well. She's going well. Um, it's, quite a, it's quite a good little heat, that, but she's a, she's a big chance in it. Like you said, she's got a good record, and she likes the track winning the group two on that last start. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. You've also got in the heat before that. This is, of course, the heats of the uh, Lois Henley Memorial Freedom League going around with big time Kaylee and uh, Allegro Zippy. Three in that. What are you expecting from that trio? Well, I, I was looking at the field last night and I thought that um, I quite liked Freedom League in that heat. I think it's a bit of a class shot for her. Anytime you've got Mustang Charlie in your form line, you've obviously been a good race. It's not saying it's not a good race, but I think it is a bit of a class shot for Freedom League and I have got a soft spot for her. But the other two dogs, uh, they've all got box speed, so it makes things very interesting because if you can lead the race, you're always a chance. So, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully one of them can get through get through to the final, if not three of them. But, um, yeah, they're all pretty even chances, but I'll be leaning towards Freedom League. But like I said, I have got a soft spot for her, and I am also known to be New Zealand's worst tipper. So I'll be getting on the other two in the Cronulla, to be honest. Uh, to be fair, Taylor, I, I think there's a fair, fair few people who probably put their hands up and, uh, and present company might be involved as well there, uh, nonetheless. Hey, um, just up against Ginny, in fact, underneath her is uh, Big Time Maple, who um, who won really well on Friday, I've got to say, and here's another greyhound that, you know, she's going to have a 120th start on Thursday, Big Time Maple, and she's well over four, but like dogs like Big Time Brody in the kennel are really producing in, in the twilight of their career at a high level. Exactly, and that's and that's a lot of credit to Lisa and Brennan and the staff because dogs like that, you know, that like for example, Maple and Brody still running the times that they're running now, like their young puppies and everything else. It's it's kind of phenomenal, really. They're just such tough dogs that just try 100% and, and give you everything, which is just phenomenal. It's, if I could have 28 of those, I would be very very happy. <laughs> that would be perfect for your setup at Seymour, I would say, Taylor. Hey, you, you talk about uh, Freedom League being one of your favourites. Are, are there any others of the current crop that are your favourites, and, and, and why do you think you get so attached to certain dogs? Oh, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because um, I quite like Freedom League, and actually Big Time Muhammad's my favourite, but it's just like, I think it's the companionship of the dog. Like, you sort of spend a lot of time with them um, throughout the day and sort of, there's a sort of, this might sound funny, but the sort of the way they look at you and the way they act and stuff, you sort of, it just takes your eye and you say, oh, it's a bit of fun. They're almost like your mates, not just your, your sort of race dog. So kind of, I quite like the companionship of the dog. Like, um, you, you know, you, you, do, you do a lot with them and stuff and you work a lot of time with them and they sort of, when they, when they look at you the way they do, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 righto, mate. I quite like it, to be fair.
Well, Taylor, I think um, you know anybody that's spent a bit of time with greyhounds will know what you're talking about there, and it does make perfect sense. And look, you've got a really good background that you have uh, built over the last decade or so, and I think it's going to stand you in really good stead. Uh, don't forget us back here. We'll, we'll, we might ring you on dog speed and check out how you're going in a, in a month or two. And, and hey, hopefully, hopefully, you might also be the base for a, a New Zealand raid or two on some of those Victorian riches. Oh, how good would that be, um, Rosso? How good would that yeah, be? Wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't be bad. Yep. Hey, thanks for your time, Taylor. We'll catch up soon. All going well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day. Taylor Thornton there. Tuesday week, he's off. To Victoria, set up in Seymour with Braden Finn, 28 kennels. Hey Andy, uh, what about that? It's great to see young talent like uh, Taylor living the dream. And especially coming from uh, the background as well, not involved in racing, just shows that uh, you can get involved at any stage and make a success of things if you can get in with the, uh, the right people and you want to do it. But a little bit of hard work and a bit of hard graft along the way as well. Hey Andy, all the best for your uh, trot course this afternoon. I think you're calling out at Rangiora. That is Andy McCook. I am Mark Rosanowski. This has been Dog Speed. Hope you've enjoyed it. We're back at 11 o'clock regular time next week. Until then, Dog Speed to you. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.